Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another bonus episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. But today, I brought back, and we've been trying to get him on for a while, but it's been a little busy in his world and mine, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, one of our uh, or our largest patient contributor, as he called himself a few or last year at some point, I think it was, or maybe two years ago, La Patreon. <laughs> Uh, yes! So, <laughs> Dr. Blassie's back for another run. Uh, Doc's not here. Doc and I actually had to record uh, the next NWA show earlier this morning. But I'm here with Dr. Blassie, and uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, maybe some NWA. Well, not some, maybe some NWA, but we got some NWA to talk. And then a couple other miscellaneous topics in the world of professional wrestling. So, Dr. Blassie, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. And uh, let's have some fun, because last time we were real serious last time. We talked a lot about COVID, an hour and a half or so. Uh, This time, um, you know, we we can, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously we were trying to be educational, but uh, it's not always fun talking about, uh, you know, normal everyday issues, whereas this time we can have a little fun. Yeah, we gonna have fun because look, I got the weekend off. I ain't on call for nothing. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm coming out hot. So everybody, get ready, okay? We gonna talk about a little new NWA, a little old NWA, and everything in between. But Mike, everybody, you know, pause right now. We gonna do spoilers for what's happening in WCW NWA down in the early '90s, okay? So spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. With that being said, all right, y'all, look, I love I love my classmate, Doc, from, uh, you know, the medical school of parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> OK, and I love hard body Harper to death. OK, but if you don't think I'm having a little schadenfreude, a little enjoyment in the misery they're about to go into when it comes to the fucking black scorpion and Sting, Sting's whole fucking title reign. Which. Y'all were absolutely right in the show. They fucked that up royal, royally. Injury or no injury. Fucked it up royally. Woo! They in for a treat. They in for a treat. I didn't know. I, and, and first and foremost, first and foremost, I think about 18 different guys was the Black Scorpion in promos during that time. <laughs> about 18 different dudes, okay? Because that I, I don't know what they were trying to do. I know they were trying to get the warrior and all that. And no, look, Turner wasn't getting no damn warrior. Not for the, not for uh, unless it was like 50 million dollars or like a Hogan contract in '95 or something like that. They wasn't getting him, so they was trying to find any and everybody. And god damn it, <laughs> <laughs> it 
and yet again, spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler alert. Look, my young ass knew good and goddamn well when Black Scorpion went against Sting, okay, in the cage. Everybody, everybody below West Virginia knew good and goddamn well that was some Ric Flair. That motherfucker did not change his, he didn't change one goddamn thing about what he did in that ring. He did the flare flop. He did the same bumps. He did the same moves. He ain't changed shit. He looked like him. He had that walk. I mean, we all know Ric Flair walked and he was still strutting (laughs) in that stupid ass outfit. Okay. Boy. And we wonder why WCW lost. And we wonder why. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) You remember when I told you, Mike, a long time ago when we first started this thing, where if you look at WCW as a terminally ill patient, one phase of the dying process is what we call the rally, where if you ever hear that, that aspect of, yeah, they had cancer, they, this, this, and that, but man, the last week, they were good. They were walking, talking, feeling great, talking to everybody, boom, boom, and then the next day dead right that's what we call rallying okay so right now wcw has terminal cancer right now this is the age where it had it the minute it collapsed the minute turner took over the financial stuff kicked in dusty left and all that this is when it kicked in okay we are terminal hulk hogan the nwa all that was the rally that was the rally and then what happened after that? 2001, boom, dead. Okay, dead. And right now, Doc and Harper are going to experience the cancer that is WCW in the early 90s. Even though I have fond memories of it, as an adult, this is, this is even hard for me. you know what I'm saying because you know what it is you know what it is Mike it really shows you that if you don't have a good undercard for your promotion your promotion is really shit you know because god damn like you you mess up Brian Pillman much like AEW is messing up Brian Pillman Jr Um, you have Tom Zink you have Norman the trucker, the lunatic, whatever. Yeah, this ain't going to work, bro. This ain't going to work. And then we're going to, even though we're going to get Rick Rude and Stunning Steve and and uh, who else? Dustin Rhodes and all that. That shit still wasn't that great. Rick Rude was a bright spot. You know, Stunning Steve Austin is like the Rockers Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's Steve Austin, but it ain't the Steve Austin you like. You know, it was a Steve Austin just getting into wrestling, kind of getting his bearings and kind of copying what every heel did in the 80s. Right. He had the blonde hair, barely had the blonde hair. He had the the colorful robes. He was cocky, yada, yada, yada. OK, whatever. Uh, that ain't going to sell tickets. That ain't putting up ratings. OK. And listen, <laughs> and, and, and in the show, yet again, if y'all haven't heard the, the new episode, go check it out. Y'all, y'all are absolutely right. It, why Arn Anderson was never considered to be champ in this whole little period is beyond me. 
Okay. Because I can't tell, other than the uh, licorice comment, <laughs> you know, on, on Rocky Oh, King. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, other than Rocky that, King I mean, his promos was on point. And I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't even highly offended at that. Because if you take it in context to what time of, you know, what the time period was, it's like, eh, okay. He, and he, to... was, he was trying to be a heel. Like, that's the other part yeah, of it that I think, like, I don't. Look, is it is it a bad is it bad taste? Sure, but like that I mean heels did that. I mean I don't I don't I don't know what people were looking for. Like it's uh, the whole thing about being a heel is you 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 almost have to be offensive. I mean that's part of what makes you a heel and, and pe- to get people to dislike you. Um now saying that when you listen to it in 2021 you're like god damn, you know like wow, they really went yeah. there. Um, yeah. it, it hits your ears differently as an adult than it did as, as a kid. Cause as a kid, you just kind of were just looking for, well, wrestling's on TV, but when you're an adult and then you think, start thinking about societal issues and whatnot, you're like, holy shit. He said that. Um, yeah. but again, I didn't want to cancel on because that's what he said in 1990. Yeah, um, yeah, so should. yeah, I'm with you, you man. Should. No, but you know, what's funny, Mike is if you got somebody from that time, from like 1989, 1990, right? And they watched the AEW show or they watched WWE. You know, outside of the outlandishness, right? The fact that they're saying shit, asshole, ass, bitch on there would probably right. be sacrilege to that person. Yeah. You know? Because we That's all remember funny. it was a big <laughs> deal when Stone Cold said ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay and yeah. now and now people are like oh he said that about you know Ron King call him liquor well you know we talking we got the fans chanting you know he's a dipshit somebody's a dipshit somebody's a piece of shit cowboy shit oh they they they, they I've been watching a little bit more AEW lately um but I the the curse words are just flying I mean it's <laughs> right. I mean, and then you know, gonna wonder why your kids' first few words is like cuss words. Come on now. We need to keep stuff in perspective, <laughs> America. We really do. Okay. We really do. And 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 just like Jim Cornette, he's a heel. Like he's yeah, a goddamn heel, y'all. Like he's supposed to piss you the fuck off. Yep. <laughs> you know, I want a racist bastard to get his ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it, that's that's it. You know, you like, oh, uh, he's being racist. So let's, and then, you know, that one episode that you and I are talking about in particular, I mean, there were a couple, but there's one where they really dug into it. I mean, the whole time you're just thinking, God, I, I want them to get their ass kicked for, for what they're doing here. This is just unreal. Um, yeah. but it, you know, it was, what it, it, it's, it was, it was what it was, man. I mean, I don't, you know, we could, we can sit there and be outraged by it if we want, but at the end of the day, we realize, Oh, you know, He's a heel. <laughs> so, and, yeah, man. and before we jump into this match, um, into this event, um, I, yet again, I always love the the football comments and things of that nature. You know, my Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. We're gonna get that <laughs> out the way. But I'm going to second you, Mike, on that one of the greatest throwback logos, one of the best logos in. Football history is that powder blue with the red Houston Oilers Derek 
Houston on the helmet, the powder blue jersey, the white pants, Earl the Pearl. That is amazing. And you're right. The Titans need to let go of that shit. It's a totally different team. They're slowly going away from the, those colors anyway. They need to let that shit go. Let the Texans be the Oilers, like it should be. And point of fact, the original Texans team was the AFL Dallas Texans that became the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay? Yes. So that's the reason I don't like the Houston Texans, because they're posers. And they can't get their own shit. We're the Houston, Texas. We're the, we're the biggest city. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, shut the fuck up. You're still Houston. You're still the Oilers. You'll always be the Oilers. Okay? So my top five, and and let and I'm just going to throw this in the hat before if and, and before y'all ever do an episode on it. My top yeah, five, ahead. this is not including the Cowboys because y'all should already know that's number one. Okay? <laughs> that, that's like, it's like Sasha Banks and stuff. That's just Hall of Fame. Right? That's not fair. <laughs> Right, that's Hall of Fame. That's the greatest of all time. But my five best favorite personal NFL logos from the 80s and the 90s, okay? One, I hate the Eagles. I really do. But the Kelly Green and that wing on the helmet, something about it, I like it. Okay, don't love it, like it. Okay, it made the Cowboys Eagles games pop from a aesthetic standpoint. Cause y'all don't realize I love colors, I love uh, I love the uniforms, and it's got to look right. It's got I'm a real mark for that, just like I am for wrestling belts. The Kelly Green Philadelphia Eagles uniforms before they went to the Hunter Green and that big wing on their that big stupid wing on their helmet. Mm. Go back to the original. That's my number five. Number four. And this is a weird one, Mike. That weird transition of the San Diego Chargers from the powder blue to which they had pretty much gone back to, to that full Navy yes. uni they had in the 90s, that in-between in the 80s where they had like the white jerseys with that weird Navy and the bolts was on the helmet, but it was outlined. But then they had like the gold or the weird yellow mask. For whatever reason, I love that because it has a stupid, that, that's when they were the San Diego Superchargers. And if anybody wants to go on YouTube and look up the San Diego Superchargers song from when they were awesome in the early 80s, that is one of the catchiest little songs I've ever heard in my life. It'll be stuck in your head, and you're like, okay, San Diego, Superchargers, go! Love it. Yep. So, you know, so that's that's number four. So, and this is weird because I'm going to agree with Harper. I don't know if Harper was sarcastic or not. There's something about the Browns uniform that one is a mind fuck because they're the Browns, but they have more orange on their helmet. I don't, I don't even... I don't even understand that. <laughs> but just that orange and brown contrast that's so unique, and they're the only ones that rock. And then everybody in the stadium, everybody in Cleveland goes with that shit. I love that. I love the Cleveland Browns outfit. I don't know what it is. I think it's almost like it's that throwback. Like, they always look like the guys, like, they just came out the 1920s. And, like, they're they're 
their main person there is probably like a scruffy McGee, you know, or a long legs Tim. You know how like athletes used to have those nicknames when the old timers talk about them, like. And we have the old choo-choo coming down the sideline. And he scored a touchdown. That's what I think about with the Browns. So I love that unit. Love that unit. Okay. And then the next, number two. So I have a love-hate relationship with the New York uh, Jets. Okay. Because the fan base is weird. That team is weird. However. The classic Jets, not the one they went to where it just had the, the long Jets, but it was the white helmet with the green circle with the NY in there. Yeah. Okay, or the Jets. That, I love that uni. I don't know what is that. That's gang green to me. Okay. That is awesome. So I love that, that fucking thing. And then my number one favorite throwback right now. And and this this is gonna sound weird because I, I really do hate this team and the franchise, but I gotta give them credit because I do call this their golden era. But when they when the Rams went to St. Louis and then they switched to the Navy and Gold, that shit popped, bro. That shit popped. Them niggas stopped looking like jobbers. <laughs> <laughs> right without eric dickerson instead of looking like jobbers they look like a championship team you know and i'm sorry jerome bettis when he first got there and they had that bright yellow like pretty much what they're doing now that bright yellow and that bright blue look a big brother like that does not need to look like that okay he doesn't need to look like that black and yellow sure bright blue and yellow no no. That's why St. Louis changed that, because they realized L.A. was stupid. And if y'all ever want to know why L.A. should never win a Super Bowl, okay, Raiders don't count, y'all. Raiders are always Oakland. I don't care where they put the damn stadium. That's an Oakland Raiders. <laughs> but if y'all go on YouTube and look up L.A. Rams, Ram It, from the 80s, that music video when they were all trying to do the Super Bowl shuffle and all that good stuff and people thought rapping was just rhyming to a beat, but not really. Watch that video and tell me, does that franchise in L.A. deserve a Super Bowl? And it's a no. And you know why we know that? It's because every Super Bowl they've gone to as the L.A. Rams, they've lost. Okay? They lost to the Patriots. And they got the ass whooped. By who? And back in the day, the last Super Bowl of the Super Steelers. That was the Rams. They lost. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They they weren't L.A. when the Patriots beat them. They were they were St. Louis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Wait, you, you, they were. I, yes, because that was after they won the Super Bowl in in you're ninety right. um ninety nine. Um, right. So yeah, they they were now, and I, I need to correct one other thing because otherwise you you'll get blasted for this one too. They okay. actually went to the gold that you're talking about after they won the Super Bowl. I don't know if it was the year after or two years after, but oh yeah, they no, went I to know the, they went to the gold. Yeah, I know they went to the gold after that shit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. They they um, but they no, I had did. I had to correct you. you on um on the Thank you. they lost to the Steelers in their in the Super Bowl. 
that was in the 70s. They did lose to the Steelers in that one. Uh, they didn't then go to the Super Bowl again until the 90s, and that's when they won with Falk, uh, beat Tennessee, the, the team right. that needs to allow the Oilers amazing. to have their team. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. But um, <laughs> so they, 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 and then they, they, they beat Tennessee, and then they lost to the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl. So, um, yes, you are partially right there, but, uh, but, but they were in St. Louis when they did lose that Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? <clears throat> I'm sorry. And you know what? Uh, they deserve never to win another one. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm serious too. They deserve never to win another. I, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Patriots fan either. And then if you want to know what my top two like worst jerseys of all time, the original that that old Patriots one is one of them. Okay, that little whatever Patriot Pat what that that's, oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. With, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I think them and the Dreamsicle Buccaneers, those two franchises must be punished. And they are supposed to wear those jerseys at least four times a year, just in just so we can laugh at them, especially the Buccaneers. You okay. see, Okay, so I'm not going to unveil my five then because then I'd give Did it Did you like the point. Dream Sickle, Mike? Did you like the Dream Sickle? Oh, it's not my favorite, but there's something nostalgic about it. It's like anything in life. You get, oh, yeah. you get these things that go away, and during their time, you hated them, but then it's like they become nostalgic, and it's like, man, those things were awesome. Like, you know... So I I do kind of like them. I, I I don't love them, but I but I like them. And again, I don't want to give away my five. Or if I start raving over certain helmets and stuff, I'll give away mine. But I I, I did like the old cream sickles. Uh, they're very nostalgic. I did actually like the old Patriots. Uh, with um whatever his name is, Patriot Pete or whatever Pat. Whatever. Or, I forget. Uh, and I think that's it's Pat thing. actually. Th- yeah, that. And my problem with that uniform is him. That's that's what I don't like because it's a clean color scheme. It's clean color scheme. Him doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just don't like him. I so, hear you, right? And like, because whatever they do now is fine, you know. And even even with the the cream sickle, where you're coming from is what I would attribute to um, the early two thousands when there is an obsession with the NBA throwback logos, which there's a bunch of great ones in the NBA. But we'll remember when every like celebrity rap star and stuff was like so in to the old Denver Nuggets logo, where it was like yes. the skyline of the city with the rainbow and stuff. And yes. it was just like everywhere. And as a kid, I didn't even understand what that logo was. Cause I was like, it's the Denver Nuggets. What is this? The the 90s, too, were like that era of um, everything like became colorful, like they had to have just a lot of colors and logos and and they were real fancy and and that's gone away. It was something with that time that just say it, Mike, they did. Yeah, the, the stereotypical example of that in the NBA was the Detroit Pistons. Oh God! They, they, what they did was terrible with that um, with the horse-looking thing. That teal. Oh God, that was hard. It was stupid. 
Right. And and the thing is, the logo wasn't bad because it's like, OK, you had a piston with fire coming out and it was like a black horse looking evil and menacing and it had pistons on it. OK, but then you put it in a cool little teal cream, whatever that was. And it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah that, I like it. that just kills it. That's just like having, you know, a picture of like. Like a hard picture of like some hardcore gangsters, right? But they doing like prison poses, but in the back background, there's like daisies and stuff like that. The tall sunflowers and the sunshine and stuff. Y'all like, wait, wait, wait. Why y'all trying to be hard and never, never land and all that? And you know what I'm saying? Like in Oz uh-huh. and all that. Like <laughs> you should be happy. Like this don't make sense. Y'all, <laughs> this don't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, it, they, that was what they did, man. It was the, it was the weirdest damn thing during the '90s with, with all the colors, and it just it just it just got out of hand. And, and hey, real one other thing, I just not not trying to fact check you, but uh, you know, I'm the one who gets blasted yeah, no, with no. the emails. Uh, Jerome yeah. Bettis actually, Jerome Bettis left the Rams before they went to that gold color scheme that you're referring to. Oh, he did left they? in '90. Yeah, I thought so. I couldn't remember. He left in '95. He was only there for 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 a couple of years, '93 oh, to '95. And then he went to Pittsburgh in 96 uh, through 2005. But he was gone. They didn't go. So they went to the gold in 2000. After they won the Super Bowl uh, in 99, they went to the gold the next year. Now, now, now they were doing, I think, you know, they would go back to the, the, the yellow sometimes. But they went to the gold. And then they had uh, the gold as one of their jerseys or as a part of their jerseys until uh, they then ended up returning to, you know, L.A. So there's that. But, yeah, man, um, that's a decent five. I'll... Hold mine off until oh, later I see on your judgment, you can... Mike. That's a decent five. That's a decent. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, I'll say I'll save my five for when when Doc and I and all of us do our uh, five at some point. But I do yeah, agree. And, and I, uh, I like the Browns. Yeah, I like the Browns. Yeah, and I will say, another, you know, Doc, you and Harper should not be allowed to say the Saints and the Cowboys because I will say. Anytime the Saints go with the the triple stripes, right? Like when y'all went against the Cowboys recently, which, you know, I was happy we won, but that was a struggle win out this world. Uh, them white jerseys look clean as fuck. Oh, I, I love the I love the whites. I <laughs> love the, those look are, yeah. clean as fuck. Yeah, I, I love the whites. They they used to do the. They had them actually years and years ago. I think it was early, late seventies. They had a. They had, it was like the one year they went with all whites. Those mm-hmm. were the color rushes, and they with the stripe down the pants. Yeah. Um, now for years they had white pants and black jerseys. Whenever they wore the black jerseys, they'd wear the white pants. And then whenever they wore the black pants, they'd wear the white jerseys. And like the this is the eighties. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do like the stripe down the down the side. And yes, you should be ashamed for playing a practice squad team and struggling with them because yeah, along with a dope. quarterback with a broken finger that everybody wanted to criticize, I'm like, he's got a broken finger and he's a third string quarterback. So what do you expect? But um, y'all should have beat the Saints by 40. That that was that was a crime. No, I'll tell you what happened, bro. I'll tell you right now. This ain't a Dak fault. This is nothing fault. This is Jerry Jones deciding to take Sedarian DeLeon lamb in the first fucking round like he's a first fucking round wide receiver but we obviously see over the past two years he is not a first round wide receiver okay oh you don't like parsons no i hate that motherfucker okay (laughs) i'm gonna tell you right now micah parsons 
Okay, and I will eat crow. I did not agree with that first round pick. I'm eating that crow and enjoying eating that crow because that's a first round linebacker that's going to turn into a Hall of Famer. Sedarian DeLeon, because I ain't calling that motherfucker. All y'all call him, you know, y'all may know him as C.D. Lamb. No, he don't get that from me. He don't get that from me. Okay, his name is his Christian name until he earns that CD <laughs> with me. Sedarian DeLeon. <laughs> Lamb. Okay. And actually, I just call him Sedarian DeLeon. Okay. Just like Dak, for the first few years he was on the team, I called that dude, I called that dude by his uh, Christian name, Dakota Rain Prescott. Okay. He just got Dak back this year because I see the moxie in him, and that's what I was waiting for. Zeke has always been Zeke to me. Okay. You run 200 and something yards on Alabama, you, you Zeke. The end. You good with me, bruh. Sedarian DeLeon? Fuck that dude. Until proven otherwise. Okay? Okay? Everybody that's a Cowboys fan on here that don't agree with that, go look at some film. Go look at the fucking passes he dropped. One of the reasons we lost to the Buccaneers in that first game was that pick in the first half that hit his fucking hands and it bounced off and it went right into the defense's head. Fuck Sedarian DeLeon. Okay, we done with Sedarian DeLeon. All right. Uh you want to <laughs> you want to go to you want to you want to go to the the NWA pay-per-view now with uh Trevor Murdoch and everything that went down there. You want to lay out the groundwork before I hit yes. play on the Okay. Yeah, so everybody, so we're going to look over the main event of NWA 73, so 73 uh 73rd anniversary of the NWA. It happened August 29th. 2021 um this was a i i was looking forward to this pay-per-view and guys if y'all have not checked out the nwa please go to youtube they have a youtube channel it's really good also on fight network they they put their shows up you do need to have a four dollar and 99 cent uh subscription to get their weekly show but it is worth it if you watch if you watch the videos on BTT. If you listen to the podcast, you will enjoy this. Billy Corgan is truly trying to create the NWA into a territorial independent program, and I absolutely love it. So NWA 7-3 is their big show. And for the past couple of years, they have been teasing Trevor Mur Murdoch, Nick Aldis. Trevor Murdoch being the baby face, the everyday guy, the the blue collar guy, you know, just like Dusty Rhodes, got a little pop belly, ain't 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 the athlete of the century, but guess what? He bad, okay, and he's tough, and he's coming to this one last shot to win this title. So he's putting his career on the line against Nick Aldis, who has been champ for over a thousand days. So he is one of the longest reigning NWA champs of all time. Okay, and he, in my opinion, has been a damn good indie champ. Okay, his reign started after he regained the title from Cody Rhodes. Okay, everybody, this is at the Chase, wrestling at the Chase, St. Louis, where Trevor Murdoch is from. He was trained by Harley Race. So you see, Mike, you see how they're trying to turn it into that territorial system. Hey, yeah. we're in Georgia for the first few years. Now let's expand out. We can expand a little. COVID restrictions are down. 
hey, let's get our baby face. Let's get a good, um, a good pay-per-view in a good wrestling town, St. Louis. And that's where we're at right now. So, y'all, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Whatever AEW, uh, WWE, I, you know, I watched SummerSlam and all that. I actually was glued to NWA 73, which was preceded by NWA Empower, which was the all-women's pay-per-view the night before. So I was watching NWA all weekend. And, and I will say, the Mrs. Mrs. Blassie, this is the only wrestling show she can actually watch. On, on a weekly basis with me when when I am actually saying, hey, I'm taking over the TV, I'm watching wrestling, okay? And she is not even the biggest wrestling fan, but she might as well be like a female Jim Cornette because she, she does not like half the shit on WWE or AEW, to say the least. She likes NWA, one, because she likes the fans she sees, she sees the involvement, and two... The people on NWA actually look like they're fighting. They look like wrestlers. They look like they're they're struggling to win this bout, even though it's predetermined. This is wrestling, guys. The only bad thing about it, I will say, Mike, is Velvet Sky is on commentary. And I don't I don't know what it is between her and Bully Ray or something like that, but I, I think Velvet has been permafried on on uh, all the Xanax she's probably done. I'm not saying she did Xanax. I'm just joking. But she is very low energy. I don't know if you've heard this, Mike. I don't know. If no, you've heard no, this I, I, I have on commentary, but <sighs> so she brings it down. She brings it down. Brings it down because they actually have a good squad on commentary. It's just her and there's another. Um, Announcer, they have May Valentine. I know they're like eye candy, but they sound like the most stereotypical bimbos, like from Saved by the Bell, early nineties. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you yeah. would think Velvet Sky's name is Candy. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, damn, Velvet. Okay, okay, it's okay. Now, if something's happening in front of you, it's okay to react. Okay, have expression on your face. I don't know if it's Botox or whatever, but hey, that's neither here or there, Mike, because she's still fine as shit. But (laughs) you know, but yet again, that's what a candy will do. She's still fine. It's not like you want to be around her that long. And I think it's because of that. Like, I don't need bimbos to talk that long. Well, just just in um, (laughs) commentary, the thing about commentary with wrestling it really does enhance things with the match. I mean, you you hear Jr. on these calls that you know, like when he was doing the Flair and Steamboat stuff. It just, I mean, Flair and Steamboat were great, but Jr. I forgot which specific one. There's a couple of it was. I mean, all three he was great, but there was one I remember. He just was phenomenal. The way he called it, called it like a big. It had a big fight feel. The way he would was describing things. And I mean, look, I'm not surprised. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I've not listened to Velvet on commentary, but you're not missing she's anything. not, she's not a seasoned commentator. So it would make sense that she's not great on commentary. Maybe she could be good. She just would need practice, but no, I'm going to go with, I understand why she wouldn't be great. It's not an easy job and that's why not everybody oh, well, no, is not. great at it. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Very hard, very hard. You got to have chemistry with the people you're with. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's really a lot to it. So, 
Okay, um, what anything else before we hit play on it and then just start watching it and, and going through it? No, man, and that's about it. It's quick and easy, weak, and it's simple, y'all. Everyday man versus the cocky rich champ. I mean, it's it's NWA special. It's it's life special. Good versus bad. You can relate to both those guys, and 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 you'll see an appearance from Billy Corgan <laughs> during this, and it's fantastic. And and Bush sponsors it, and they have this new advertisement where they say it makes you say Bush. And makes you not want to drink Bush ever again. I never drank Bush because, you know, I've had Natty Light and Keystone Light in my, you know, in the past. So I figured Bush is the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did want to say something as we watch Nick Aldis come out. I, you know, haven't watched this weekly, obviously, and didn't see the pay-per-view. Uh, he really carried himself like an NWA champion. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, nothing... Obviously, when you grow up watching Ric Flair and the Dusty Roads of the world, it's different. You know, obviously, you're not going to look at him and go, oh, yeah, you know, he's on the level of them or Flair. But for you got to remember everything, put it into context. I mean, in in the world of 2020, 2021, I don't I don't really know if he could if he could do any better than what he does. He he carries himself like a champion. Um, yeah. Not, Again, and I, and I don't I don't think it's fair to judge. I know he's an NWA champion, but I don't think I still don't think it's fair to judge him against a guy like Ric Flair. Obviously, no, you, you no, know you want him to no. be great, but it's just it's just not really fair uh, to do yeah. that to him. Because and you would and and you would have a better um, view of this, Mike, as as somebody who is a a professional wrestler. Nick Aldis was champion. And he was a different type of champion from Ric Flair because they needed a guy like Nick Aldis for what the NWA is right now. He is what they absolutely needed. If you had a Ric Flair as NWA champ right now, that's not what the NWA needs. You know, but when the NWA was the number one thing back in the day coming through, that's when you that's when you have the 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 Michael Jordan. Okay, you you have the Ric Flair, you have uh, those larger in life guys that can just take you to that next stratospheric level, who can carry a program to that next level. But Nick, all this, you you got a guy who, okay, the NWA is low, but he's gonna bring you to the dance. Okay, he's gonna put your foot in the door. He's gonna get eyes on you, and that's exactly what the NWA needed. You know, so I have no issues with Nick Aldis as champ. Would I say he's one of the greatest NWA NWA champs of all time? No, no, not really. But at the end of the day, when I'm an old man, will me hold Nick Aldis in high regards to a Harley race to a Ric Flair and stuff? based on me watching him all the time and keeping up with him. Yeah, I will. You know, cause you know, those, there's some people, there's some people that swear by Dory Funk and they, uh, Pat right. O'Connor and all those other guys, you know, as personal preference. And that's where I put Nick Aldis, you know, and yeah, 
if I'm not mistaken, he's got a stake in NWA. Plus, Mickey James is now running their women's division, which she's doing a phenomenal job of. Phenomenal job of. So God bless them all. Because I, I yet again, if y'all have not checked out NWA, and if y'all watch, uh, listen or watch the uh, uh, the video. Uh, weekly video shows for BTT, y'all would like NWA because, yet again, it's a slow build process. This this match right here, if you look how big it is, the hometown guy versus the, the hated super champ, the stalwart champ, this has been building for a couple of years, okay? And there has not been, even with a pandemic, there has not been an interruption in that storyline. As opposed to AEW, which I like Adam Page, but they didn't do that storyline justice. I don't I don't care if he had a kid or not. They could have done that better because his comeback was not good. Adam Page's comeback was not good. It was just like, okay, yeah, it's expected. Yeah, and then he's going to go against Kenny Omega. Okay, and the only thing that, that everybody predicted was happening didn't happen. He would kick out a one-winged angel. No, he just won the match. Yeah, okay. Here you got two guys diametrically opposed to one another. One guy is finesse. He's sophisticated. He's a champ. He's been to the dance. Boom. Trevor Murdoch, journeyman, blue collar guy. He's there with his family. He's doing this out of the love of Harley Race. And then Nick Aldis comes up to him and just takes it away from him. He's just trying to beat the shit out of him before the bell even rings. Mike, do you see this? This asshole Nick Aldis, he's coming after him. Boom, boom. But look at Trevor. Trying to say no. Oh! It's very old. It's, um, I mean, like the NWA is an old promotion and it's very old school what they did to start the match. You know, uh, Trevor Murdoch's on the outside. And, you know, talking to some fans, maybe it was a family member. I'm, I'm not really sure. But mm-hmm. with all that said, look at, look at Half Pint. That's Marlon Miller, Half Pint. <laughs> look at Half Pint. <laughs> Sitting right there. Wow. Uh, go ahead, Half Pint. I mean, I almost did, almost missed him because he's four for three. But anyway, uh, yeah, Half Pint, that was for you. Um, the, <laughs> like the, they jump-started like they would do something old. I mean, you just mm-hmm. don't see this. They're fighting in a crowd from the beginning. I mean, you see people fighting in a crowd, but they jump-started where Aldis is like, no, I got to get a head start on this guy. But Trevor Murdoch is the is the blue, you know, he's the blue-collar worker. He's the working man. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, you know, he he's like an underdog because you look at him. He, he, he's got the, I mean, he's got the look of an 80s wrestler. He doesn't have the look of, he uh, does. you know, modern-day wrestler. Yeah, he's, <laughs> but he's got the 80s wrestler look to him. And Nick Aldis is just a just an asshole and he goes out there and jumps him but what i was gonna say i want to say one thing as is we're watching him fight on the outside right here no you're right there was a you know when we were coming up and we were seeing rick flair's champion and dusty Rhodes, and actually harley race uh you know was champion too when i was when i was young when we were coming up watching that the thing that was you're right there were people that saw flair become champ with the flashiness and all the things that rick flair was that said to themselves well you know i mean this guy he's kind of abrasive and you know he doesn't have the decor of a champion you know because i mean look at dory funk and well you and i look at dory funk and go i mean not to be disrespectful but we look at him and go i mean he's kind of bland you know rick flair yeah, was flashy yeah. and that was the thing that we got into with flair and why we thought he was such a great champion because 
while he did cheat, he talked to talk and he walked the walk. And, um, you know, Nick Aldis is not Ric Flair, but at the same time, it is kind of like how, you know, there, there's, there's a, there's a kid right now that grew up, that's growing up and they're watching NWA power and mm-hmm. they'll see Aldis and, you know, maybe 20 years from now, there's somebody else that's world champion. They go, well, he wasn't, he wasn't like Aldis. That's just the way it works. Um, those yeah. kids wouldn't have grown up on flair like we did, but it's, I mean, it makes the point that you're making. And again, it's not us trying to say that Aldis would have been as good as flair or is as good right, as flair. Right. he's We're not, not Ric flair. It's it, it. You can't even say that, but boy, these two are brawling. They ain't made it to the ring yet. I'll throw it back to you now. Yeah. Okay. And now we're hitting this. And Mike, pause it right here. Pause it right here. Okay. Hold on. Oh, I, I'm gonna have to rewind it no, for no, that. No, no, that's fine. I, right there. You pause oh. it right there. Okay. All right. I'm pause it right here for a second. Go ahead. Okay. So this is this is one of my main issues with this uh, before the match brawl because this is smart strategy by Nick Aldis. It's Okay, let's take the fire out of the crowd. Let's take the baby face out of the hometown, right? I'm going to beat the shit out of him, okay, because I'm a heel. This kind of stuff is good, okay, and this is how it should be done, as opposed to people just running from the back and getting people from behind just to win. There's no real strategy behind it other than the obvious and then it makes it just look so contrived right but the only problem i have with this is this scene right here because they're punching each other and then trevor is punching and then he winds up and then just jumps on him yeah okay i was gonna i'm gonna hit play you can see it here all this and it's like why is nick gonna be holding you bruh Y'all need to i think there was something uh some misnomer there something didn't click between those two there and now nick is about to oh slam him onto some hardwood and that looked kind of rough oh yeah. trevor <laughs> that looked, the state, that, that, that looked stage didn't rough. feel good <laughs> and now billy corgan coming out and so this is what i like about billy corgan because as as a an authority figure he's been definitely behind the scenes almost at first he was almost like what we we would hear on Mid South, like and matchmaker Grizzly Smith or Bill Watts would just be back there. He might talk a little trash, but he never intervened. This is the first time where they're kind of having Billy Corgan kind of interact with Nick Aldis. He's talking mad shit to him. He's like, "Bro, get in the damn ring. This is the NWA. Have some class. Have some honor, you little British bastard." That that's me adding the British bastard in there. And sorry for any of our British. <laughs> uh, listeners out listeners. there, but I'm just in this shit, and I got Jack yeah. Daniels in me. Uh, <laughs> and now we got the body slam on the floor. This is great, okay? Because when I was actually watching this live, I was like, "Oh, oh, damn!" And just to tell you, I actually uh, had a friend come into town um, on a layover in in Dallas, so he was like, "Hey, can I come?" Over? I was like, "Hell yeah!" Right. And he came over. He started watching. And he's like a strictly 2000s only WWE fan. Right. John Cena, Batista, all that. And now he started looking at this. He's like, oh, damn. Wait a second. They beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. This is terrible. Like He was like, this is terrible. Like they're hurt. Right. And that's what you get with the NWA. Okay. And that's the psychology. I just love this. Just. 
simple psychology and it's more realistic because it's more of like a real fight like what would an asshole who wants to who wants to get rid of his biggest competition who wants this guy who put his career on the line to win the 10 pounds of gold what am i gonna do i'm going to pull out everything i know and bust his ass and that's what's happening but the fiery baby face is coming fast Back. Come on, Murdoch. Come on. Hit him. And the whole time we hear this and, and you hear the commentary, the whole thing is they're in St. Louis. It's the chase. He's from Missouri. He was trained by Harley Race, hence why he had the Harley Race uh, coat on. This is wrestling right here. This is everything y'all were reviewing in the first part of BTT, Mike, is stuff like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only thing this this pay-per-view was missing, because Ric Flair didn't make an appearance just to do a promo, was Ronnie Garvin and either Ric Flair or Wahoo McDaniels just doing some hellacious chops hmm. on each other. <laughs> Somebody like just <laughs> <laughs> for real. No, seriously. Yeah, you're right. You no, you're right about that. That's the only thing missing so far. I mean, they really ain't did no wrestling moves. It's it's a lot of punching and, and clobbering right now, which I'm fine right. with. Yeah, but it makes sense. In the context of everything, it makes sense. You know? And, and if you compare it to other realms, like WWE doesn't count, and we can all say that. WWE rarely has this type of stuff. Okay? It's strictly entertainment for everybody. AEW will attempt to do it, but the problem with AEW, and for y'all who are AEW fans, I actually have grown to like AEW. I just, there's a lot of things that they need to kind of make more realistic in the sense of, I know y'all are my age and y'all are a bunch of millennials who who watched wrestling, but I can tell there's a lot of people on their roster who truly have never been in perpetual war or fights. Okay, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, y'all are playing bad guys. Y'all are play fighting. Yet I don't see the real emotion. Like, I I should want to take your head off if if I want to be AEW World Champ. I'm I'm gonna pull everything out of the box, as opposed to the young bucks looking at Adam Page just shaking their heads like, yeah, you can take it. Hit what? I don't know if you saw that, Mike. Did you see that match, um, Kenny Omega no, versus? No, 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 I, I didn't. I, I can't. I can't with the Bucks. You know, I ain't yeah, trying to. Yeah. I ain't trying to they be were... negative here. I, I just, I just can't. Um, yeah, and, and if y'all and, and and if y'all blast me or y'all y'all gonna talk to Mike and say well, he didn't get the psychology, he didn't get the storyline. You know, they were like, oh, he did everything. He went through all the bullshit. Now he deserves to have this fight. Blah blah. He deserves to get the title because he did this. No, no, that's not how life goes. That's not how life goes. Okay? Right here, you got Trevor Murdoch that has done everything possible, but he always came up short. And now he's like, look, I'm putting everything on the line, my career, everything, and I'm a man. 
And if I say I'm going to give up my career, I am. And I'm going against you. So now I'm the guy with nothing to lose. And I'll be goddamned if your ass is going to beat my ass in my hometown where my trainer, who recently died, trained me. Let's go. That's what we have here. Okay. You know, the, that, that, the, the, I've wanted to say this for a while. I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the main show that we do. But the... The, that NWA yellow logo in the ring is uh, is perfect because it's just plain yellow letters yeah. written in the middle of the ring. And yep. it's just it's really perfect. And I mean, I look, I know it's on the ring apron too, but on Simplicity. the on the actual canvas in the middle of the ring, it, it's just simple and looks good. Uh, I kind of I, I definitely enjoy that. And Trevor Murdoch, obviously, I mean, he looks just like Dick. What well, he doesn't look. He doesn't look just like Dick Murdoch, but you got body the same style. frame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh it definitely it's like it's that part is like looking at Dickie Murdoch in the ring. As um, we as we as we say that, look at this octopus stretch and and damn that that gut. That is a Dick Murdoch special right there, ain't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, he's got the gut. Uh, that's it, a lot it's, of bush um, beer. Yeah, it's a lot of bush beer. The, the dude just looks like a professional wrestler, and Aldis, it, it look it looks like one as well, but from mm-hmm. two different eras. I, look, there were guys that looked like Aldis in in the eighties. I mean, look at Luger, and yeah. you know, it, we're not saying they weren't guys who who were the body guys, but man, I'm just saying you you, you just look at this. It's two opposites, and they all work a, a good, slow, old school NWA style match. And uh, it's pretty damn enjoyable. We don't even have the sound on, but you can kind of get into it and feel it here. You know exactly Mer- what's happening. You don't. You don't yeah, need to well, hear shit. You don't need to do none of that shit. It's um, you know? it's a struggle. You know, Mur- Murdoch's got an uphill battle here because you know if you were if you're talking about sports, obviously Aldis would have come in as the favorite as the champion because he's been champion for X amount of days at that point. I forget how long. Uh, God, yeah, it, it was it was two over. Years, huh? I know for a fact it was over a thousand days. Yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. a long time he'd been champion. So you got Murdoch coming in, and you know he's a working man. He's an everyday guy. He's got the big beer belly, and it's they're showing it is. I hate to say this the way the cornet says it, but it's true. It, it looks like a struggle for him. He's 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 putting up a battle, and mm-hmm. it's like I don't know if he can do it. it. It's old school wrestling, man. As you watch it, and as we watch it here, and I forget how long we're in. We got to be close to ten minutes into it at this point, but it's definitely old school wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's old school and and it's simple. There's there's not and you much know it's old did. school because the ref takes a we get a ref bump <laughs> like mid south wrestling. <laughs> oh man, and that, I love that, that I love that ref too because his eyes. I love the fact he has such big eyes that whenever he's into it or whenever something shocks him, it's just like the lights are out or he's seen something he's never seen before. You know, like that's my dude. I don't even know that dude's name. That's the sad part. I don't even know the ref's name. Um. Okay. None of is them he, actually. He is. That is. What is his name? He used to be an impact, though. I think. He was. He was years and, ago. And, and I will say, there's only two refs I know. There's only two refs I know. Okay. Tommy Young, Earl Hebner. That's all. <laughs> that's yeah. all. <laughs> Bruh, like that's it. And then I know they got the uh, lady. Um, in AEW, that's it. 
I can I can name I can I can definitely name a lot more refs, but um, yeah, I forget <laughs> his name. I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, and actually, this is the first time I've seen him in a while. Maybe it's just I, I'm paying attention to it here, but uh, he's not a small man, big dude. He no. took a bump, and now they're back outside fighting on the ring, outside the ring. And I think hey, it's old son. school. I I think that's his son. I think that's Trevor's son, or because I know that. Oh, section is that Aldis is talking to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I want to say that's the son, and the ball headed guy. I think that's his brother. Who oh, looks okay. like? Who looks like he wants to crack Nick Aldis's skull right now? I yeah, love it. I love yeah, it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's what they were trying to get out of the whole Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston feud. Like when they put uh, uh, Kofi over by his kids and Randy was like beating him up and talking shit and stuff. They were trying to get that. Look, let me tell you right now, them dudes right there, you can tell that's the baby faces family because they know good and goddamn well. They're like, look, that's my brother's fight. That's my dad's fight. But don't get it twisted. Give me one second. I'm going to destroy him right now. Oh, and he's taking out everybody, too. Nick Aldis, you asshole. Boy, Mike, let's get ready for this. This is a table spot right here, okay? okay. For pure and simple fact, that's a janky-ass table. The shit is already broken. If y'all look at the beam under it, the shit is already broken. Yeah. Y'all know that's the table that you used to go to in school that's been the there rail. since 1940. The rail okay. is falling off of one side yes. already. You can see it. Yeah, and Trevor's big ass is on there. I'm surprised it didn't break like that. I That thing is so weak that I think if Sasha Banks or Charlotte Flair flow, flew and landed on Trevor, they'd break that damn table. <laughs> okay? Because, you know, they can't break tables for shit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's already bowing in. Oh, my God. Look at how far away all this is. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Jesus another- Christ. <laughs> yeah, That's a that long. He jumped a long way jump. for that elbow drop. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, and that is, man. And that is hotel carpet at the chase, y'all. Okay? That is hotel carpet. Y'all know when y'all went to the Hilton and the Marriott and all that, and they had the balls and the convention rooms and all that? And you go in there, and you're like, damn, that's some weird-looking carpet. This is that carpet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's you it. Know? And you know what the sad part is? You know, Mike, you know Bill Watts would have a problem with that carpet. Yeah, he would say it. Padding. Yeah, because it's just a thin layer. It's not, I mean, it's like landing on concrete, but it's not concrete. Because, I mean, right. you, know there's no, you know there's no padding under that carpet. It's just a layer of of hotel carpet just sitting over the concrete maybe there's a thin layer i don't know but you're right bill bill watts would say up oh, nope we gotta land nope. on concrete around here right right those guys at the chaser pussies yep okay. murdoch kicked out but when when all this rolled in murdoch kicked out and we've got a new ref in here because the other ref the other one is out. bumped and he's still out cold wherever he's at and he didn't really take that big of a bump so uh he probably should have recovered, but who knows? Yeah. But you remember when we were kids, man, like the refs get get like hit on the side of their thigh. They're out for like at least three minutes. Oh yeah. And in ref know? abuse. <laughs> ref look at Murdoch with that. <laughs> oh <laughs> that is that is the greatest cold rat ever. I don't give a damn wherever That was awesome. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, What he just did instead of the code red, that's called the redneck red. Okay, redneck red slam. Okay, that's it. 
boom. Somebody on the indie circuit needs to uh, copyright that that nickname I just gave that move and use it, and they'll end up in the big leagues of NWA. Yeah, I'm saying it. NWA or Major League Wrestling or New I mean, Japan. Pulled, that, was a, that was a hell of a move. <laughs> uh, and So him and Aldis are getting a 10 count here and the other ref i still don't see him i don't know where he's at he dead he dead he's out but we got a new ref in here are we getting are we getting close to the finish of it at this point or are they still got a good ways to go yeah they are because this isn't the longest match on the planet either yeah it's not it's not long i think um i looked it up earlier today and it said it was like 16 and a half minutes or so yeah so we're we're because trevor murdoch's main move is the top rope bulldog Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he did. They, oh, they, oh, oh my! Oh. He's about to. Oh, oh! oh his head didn't come close. That was an ugly tombstone. You know, Trevor. but hey, that's a big ass dude. I, I'm glad he did keep him up top because that's probably uh, the only way he could hold him. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of weight dropping, man. You got to be worried yeah. at that point. Yeah. But you can tell. You know, that's the thing. That's that's why I wish uh, like only big guys did that move because the Undertaker could do that to like King Kong Bundy and stuff. You know, when you got um like Nick Aldis and stuff, though I know he's even you know a big dude, even like Cesaro, even though I know they're strong as shit. It just it looks weird. Yeah. And I, and again, Murdoch is such a big dude. Like, yeah, I'd hate I'd hate yeah, for him to slide down and land on his neck. I tell you what, you know, we're talking about that pile driver not look or that tombstone not looking great. But when all this went to the top after and delivered that, basically that macho man elbow off the top, it looked really good. Yeah, <laughs> that looked great. I mean, he he hit him yeah. perfect, man. That was a perfect elbow drop off the top. Because I, I love it when the elbow drops. You have that perfect physiological 90 degree elbow positioning and then it comes down straight like a pile driver literally okay a pile getting driven into the ground like a jackhammer onto somebody's chest that's an elbow drop just like macho man because because the greatest thing about macho man's elbow drop and if people remember he used to grab the top of his fist or like his wrist like he was driving it deeper the minute he hit you you know, yep. that's an elbow drop as opposed to Shawn Michaels doing the old like, you know, he like in midair kind of hits his elbow to get it in position like he's doing that old, you know, take it up your ass kind of sign language there. And he <laughs> just hits you. It's just like, eh, OK, Shawn, it looks cool that you did because you're Shawn Michaels. But God, dog, Nick, and he did it on that raggedy ass table and he fell and Nick Aldis fell straight on the ground. Yeah, that didn't feel good. I can tell you that now. When he dro- yeah. when he dropped that elbow on the table, that didn't feel good. Yeah, cause that that was that's nuts. Oh, yeah, that didn't that Kingsley, didn't feel good. I think it's the Kingsley Cloverleaf he calls this, cause I think that's where he's from in England. Get it, get it. Now I like the Cloverleaf, Mike. Who do you think did the best Cloverleaf? That you can. Well, not That's Seamus. a good question. Not, Not who? Seamus. Not no, Seamus. No, <laughs> no. Because I always thought, because uh, Dean Malenko, that was the first dude I remember doing it. Was Malenko, Malenko did it. No, probably Malenko. Yeah. Me, but, you know, what was hard, I think 
and, you know, I'm not trying to say this is the problem here with, with all, the way all this did it just now. Trevor's a big dude. And just that gut in his legs aren't that long. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Could have been. You can't. That, that's that's what it con- could have contributed to it not looking that good there. And, and I think we can both kind of assume that Trevor, Trevor Murdoch is not the most limber individual. Yeah. Because somebody who's flexible, it makes those moves look better. Right. Because yeah. I remember Jericho trying to do the walls of Jericho on Kane. And it was just like, dude, why why are you doing that? You know, because um, that's, that's almost yep. like putting. You're okay, right. I love looking at this kid. I love looking at this kid just going nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, training. no, I mean, they're, they're doing it like a little. We're, we don't have the commentary on, obviously, but yes, like. They keep going back to the to the kid, oh, and there it is. He hit it. He hit it. The bulldog off the top. One, two, three. That's it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back it. and we'll get the audio on it. I'll go back and we'll get the audio on it from from that point. So here we go. Boom. Are we gonna see it? Pow! He hit it. He hit it. He hit it. Harley Race, pile driver, right in the middle of the ring. He's oh gotta get him in. He's gotta get him in. He's gotta pull. He's gotta pull all this. And look at his side. Look at his side. That's right, Velvet. He's gotta pull. He's gotta pull up. Go up, Trevor. Hit it. Can he hit it? Can he hit it? Come on. Will this be the moment? There it is. There it is. He did it. Come on. He has a new Dude, I'm gonna tell you exactly what we were doing. We were up like we were watching like uh, the fourth quarter um, of football in an LSU game, bro. You know, we were up. We had we we had that, you know that kind of coaching stance, like our hands on our thighs and shit. Just yeah. Down, like, oh shit, man, who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do this? Right? And then <laughs> yeah. my friend was like, "Hey, bro, hey, bro." Yo, this fat motherfucker gonna do it. He's gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty damn good, man. Like he. That's um, good. Here's I, I see what you mean. Now. I see what you mean by Velvet. I didn't need her <laughs> screaming at that moment. I wouldn't mind the screaming after he won, but I, I kind of see just in that short clip. And there's Flair coming down, and there's a uh, Murdoch's family behind Flair. Yeah, that was a and that was a, a really moment. good that was a really good old school match, man. Yeah, and you know what? Um, and I'll be honest with you, you know, Trevor Murdoch has never been one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, ever, ever. And even as NWA champ, he's doing okay, you know. And I think he's kind of in that situation where one, he's a champ. You're trying to establish a territory, uh, a basis there. He's worked his ass off for a long time. And if you're trained by Harley Race, you're in the chase. You know, I'm really proud of that dude. You know, I'm I'm glad this happened for him. Yeah. 100%. Now, the aftermath of all this, you know, I, I think we're kind of in that situation where it's that I loved him chasing the belt. Right? It was almost like Dusty Rhodes. I love Dusty chasing the belt. But when he gets it, it's just like, Okay, what's next? Oh, you're not chasing anymore. 
that's kind of where we're at now. Not saying Trevor Murdoch is a bad champ at all. I'm just saying there's there's that energy, there's that kind of letdown because there's not another true heel right now that's that guy. They're bringing in people and it's you know and it's keeping my interest, but it it still doesn't have that fire right. with it. And that's and that's one of those downfalls of like long-term booking when you don't have another kind of intersecting storyline that'll just kind of take over after that. You know what I'm saying? Almost like, okay, Hulk Hogan lost the title to Andre Giant, all this stuff happened, boom, boom, boom. But then all of a sudden, Macho Man wins the title. Then you got Hulk Hogan and Macho Man kind of coming together, but you know there's still that kind of competitive nature between the two, and that explodes into WrestleMania five. Like there's not a setup like that. And and that's the only thing I'm seeing with the NWA at this point. They haven't had that next guy to really have that next good rivalry to keep that main event scene going. The resident NWA still is great. So it keeps me in. It keeps me in. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, there is something Mike, to what you're saying. Because this past episode, I will say, because you know I love Marty Bell. We all know this. Okay. Gee, and, I wonder why. Uh, yeah. And so she was in a tag team. It was her and, uh, what's her name? Alicia Kay. They're the um, women's tag team champs. They're called the Hex. And they went against Mickey James and Kiara Hogan. So I literally, the Mrs. I was like, look. There's going to be a lot of ass in this ring between Kiara Hogan. I don't know if you know who that is, Mike. Oh, I know who it is. Yeah, Kiara Hogan and Marty Bell in the ring at the same time. Mickey James done lost weight, but she's wearing Daisy Dukes. You know, I was a happy man. I was a happy man, bro. (laughs) And you know what's funny is um, is (laughs) Kiara Hogan's lost a lot of weight, actually, too. Yeah, she has, bro. She lost lost the right weight. She lost a lot of weight, man. She was, look, she wasn't fat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that. She, she was, but she was. She definitely had uh, some some pounds on her that I think she's lost at this point. But yeah, I, I, do, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> she she. I'm just saying, but she lost the right weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love man. it. And I love. I it. bet. So, I bet. <laughs> yeah. So you know. And, and just for anybody, you know, just to let anybody know, did I watch Empower? Sure. Did I watch it because of Marty Bell? No. No. Okay. Because I'm actually into women's wrestling for the wrestling. Like, I actually wanted to see Camille and stuff wrestle and stuff. Did I? Do I enjoy the Hex? Do I watch every Hex match? Do I watch Marty Bell a lot? Yes. Okay. But don't judge me. Okay. Hmm. I don't need the army to judge me because if you're judging me, that means you've never seen Marty Bell. You've never seen her in uh, TNA. You've never seen her in NWA. Go see her. See her walk out in all, all of her Dominican glory. She was okay. something else in Impact years ago, man. <sighs> Whew. Yes, sir. Man, she was she one was of the, for a long time. Look, I ain't gonna lie. For a good bit, for a long time, she was one of the few reasons to watch Impact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but when she that was there, actually, her whole stable too. <laughs> yeah, when she crazy. came, I was about to say when she came in the impact with the dollhouse because that's when I think she came in. Um, she was. They actually with Taryn Terrell and all that. 
That, that yeah. was a good era. That was actually a really good era of Impact. There was about a two-year run. Doc and I have talked about it many times where they had that storyline going on, but there was, there was some good stuff going on at that time with the Dollhouse and uh, yeah. in Impact in general. They they had some really good stories. And and that's the thing with Impact. I, mm, Impact frustrates me because they that's their story, Mike. They've had runs where they're fucking amazing. Mm-hmm amazing because i don't care what anybody says the promo sparring between jay lethal and rick flair is one of the greatest moments of wrestling and if you tell me any other thing other than that i'm i'm gonna like slap you because at that point that's when i really saw jay lethal as a future world champ mm-hmm. you know because i was like Whoa, this dude just isn't black Machu. This dude can go. You know, and I will say the only the only thing I never got into Jay Lethal with is I love the name, but I don't like his finisher. I don't like because I don't like very impractical finishers. Like you're gonna do a front flip, bounce off the ropes, and then the guy just kind of waits for you to hit a uh, a diamond cutter, right? A diamond cutter stunner, depending on who, how they take it. Uh, <laughs> you know, that aggravates the shit out of me, right? <laughs> a pile driver. Y'all, we, me and Micah from the South, we grew up on old school wrestling. Pile drivers. Your head gets slammed on a non-move or a barely moving mat. I break your neck. The <laughs> end, right? The end. And I don't know why that can't be finishers because tragically, if y'all didn't watch the Chiefs versus Chargers, you know, the Chargers tight end went limp. Oh my you God, know? that shit was scary. That man. was scary. That was scary as shit. Because he, he was shaking. Yes. Yeah, yes. I was like, oh shit, what's wrong? Like, I, I started thinking, damn, is he having a seizure? Like, what's going yes. on, you know? Um, I think they said he got released from the hospital this afternoon and he was doing better. Oh, good. It good. was a diagnosed concussion, but yeah, you like, I kept thinking, Oh my God, his neck's broken. He's having a seizure. Yes. You know, it just, and you could see it cause his head bounced off the freaking turf. Like, I mean, literally bounced like a basketball and I was yeah. like, Oh my God, that's this poor dude. Um, he ended up being okay though, man. I think they said he diagnosed concussion and he got out the hospital. So, and we're recording this a, a night after that happened. I, I'm not sure when this will drop, but that's, that's kind of why it's so topical, but he's okay. But I'm with you, man. Like, you know, yeah, you drop somebody in the head, man. They're, they're, they could die. There's none. Right. There's, it's done. And that's what I, it's crazy how that used to be like a feared finisher. And then motherfuckers do the Canadian destroyer. And, yeah. and it's like a transition spot. I fucking hate that shit, dude. And and now I will say, and I don't I don't mean to pick on AEW at all, right? Because I will say, I will say, I enjoyed the Lucha Bros versus Bucks match. I really did. I enjoyed that match, but I hate a lot of those stupid ass spots where it doesn't do anything. Like, okay, if if I hit you. And I'm not even talking about that match right now. Mike, if I hit you with my finisher, if I hit you with my signature, if I do all this, but yet the way you beat me, 
is a is a roll up. But yet I did all this shit to you. What the fuck? Wait, what is that? That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make logical sense. When I see world-class athletes on wrestling, just like I see on the football field, when on the football field, those dudes get hit, and it doesn't even look like the biggest hit, but they're on the ground, they ain't getting up. You know? That's why I've always said the pounce by Monty Brown, okay, that was one of the scariest finishers I've ever seen in my life. Okay. And when Sabu on WWE CW took that from Monty Brown, I thought Sabu died. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you could tell it caught him the fuck off guard. You know, because it was a big ass dude just hitting you with the show and you just fly, you know, they're jumping with it, but they, they fly across the ring. That looks terrifying. Okay. But no. If if the young bucks go up to Penta and stuff, put tacks in their mouth, then put put the the, the thumbtacks on their damn shoes and stuff, and then super kick you, which you know a super kick is a jab to them, so whatever. Um, yeah, man. But <laughs> do a super kick, and that don't knock your ass out. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Get the or Kenny Omega will do eighteen thousand V triggers. 18,000 V-triggers in a match, he'll hit somebody in their head with a knee. I watch UFC, I see a knee go to somebody fucking nose. Guess what? That's the end of the match a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. The dudes is, hey, I don't know if y'all know, if any of y'all know anatomy or been in a fight or something, the nose is one of the easiest things on a human to break. Because it's not a bone at all. Yep. It's soft bone. So you gonna you gonna sit there and tell me if if a world class athlete like a Kenny Olivier Omega comes up to you full speed charging, mind you, and hits your ass in the head like he did to Daniel Bryan, and you mean to tell me that's not the end of the goddamn match? But the one winged fairy is where he just kind of flips you over into like a, a kind of like a modified perfect plex. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's that's see that's that's what I think wrestling struggles with because if if any of you out there watch UFC, I mean you see how quick knockouts can happen. You you see how fights are like quote unquote real fights are won, and that's what kills me sometimes about. I mean, I'm and look, I'm not just trying to pick on the Bucks. This is any this is any wrestler who does this or any match that's booked this way. When when you see 50 million like finishers delivered, and you're like. God, it doesn't take that much to like get a man to to knock a man out where he's out cold. That's the part that that I struggle with when I see these matches with a, all these flips and dives and thirty finishers. It's, it, it really is. And look, I understand sometimes at WrestleMania or the biggest show of the year, you may have a situation where you got you know all these false finishes. But when you just see it on everyday TV on a Wednesday night or a Monday night or Friday night, because this isn't just targeted at AEW. Um, although I feel like it happens there more play there than most places. It, it just becomes very, very frustrating because you're like, okay, like this dude took 30 super kicks and took a, a, a yeah. you know, melter driver and he took three of those and he took the, and it's like, oh, but now we just hit him with a simple lariat in the, and you'll hear guys say, well, the explanation is they wore him down. Well, fuck yeah, they wore him down with six other moves that would have killed him. 
I mean, it's, yeah. it's that's the part that I think when you're an old school wrestling fan like us, that gets really frustrating. Yes, right? Because it, it's crazy that if, if you look at New Japan, and and they're good with spam. Everybody, you know, it's, it's because of the video games, right? Everybody spams their moves. Everybody spams their signatures and finishers. But yeah. if you look at Kenny Omega and how elaborate the win, uh, one wing angel is, okay, compared to the V-Trigger, the V-Trigger looks 10 times more devastating, okay? The Rainmaker from Okada is literally a fucking short-arm clothesline lariat. But it looks vicious as fuck. Well, yeah. Okay? When Stan Jake Hansen, when, yeah, yeah, and you remember, and you remember this. You remember Stan Hansen, like later years, his lariats. He used to just stand there and just bolo dudes. And you know what it looked like? He killed those guys. You know why? Because when a grown ass, big ass dude with some muscle behind him swings their arm at your forehead and nose, guess what? The lights are probably going out. Okay, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's all you got to do. It's not that fucking hard. Finishers are not that hard, okay? Because remember growing up, Mike, it, and I guess this is the, the beauty of territory wrestling, you might find guys in different territories that had the same move. I think there was like three or four guys I remember growing up that had the Boston Crab and the Pile Driver. Oh, Yeah. And, the, you know, uh, Superfly was phenomenal because he was the first guy to have the splash where a big, and when I say Jimmy Snook is big, he was a big, thick boy. You know, he's not a muscle head. Well, he kind of was at one point, but he was just a big dude. He jumped. It was a 240-pound dude jumping off the top rope, landing on your chest. Yeah, that's the end of the match. Like I've said in other episodes I've done. Kevin Owens is a big, fat Canadian fuck. I love that dude. Mm -hmm. He does a goddamn frog splash. That should be the end of the match. If he kicks you in the face, I don't know about you, Mike. I've never watched a MMA match where a grown man kicked another grown man square in the face, whether it be with a side kick, a hook kick, roundhouse kick or a front kick square in their face that that's not the end of the match well that's always been my problem with the with and I, again i hate saying the bucks but that's always been my problem with the the damn super kick and 30 super kick party. i mean it's like you know if that move's so devastating why doesn't it you know win a match it it, it never does it never um, does yeah, bucks. that's the part. That's the part that that's the part that drives me. You know, again, I don't. This is not me. I'm not trying to down the bucks. Like it, they're just not my cup of tea. I say that all the time. They do what they do. They've made a lot of money doing it. Good for them. I ain't hating on that. It's just they come on and it's like I'm watching it on DVR. FF. Fast forward. I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it all a hundred times and I don't need to see it anymore. Exactly. It's the same thing every time. And education from a scientific standpoint about psychology. Okay, this is outside of wrestling psychology. Y'all, when you talk about ring psychology, any psychology in any field, okay, what you're trying to achieve is to bring somebody's perception of reality 
to something abstract. So in wrestling, that's what you're trying to bring together. Hence why back in the day when you, you see old wrestling from the 50s and 60s, people were in headlocks for like an hour and stuff. Well, Greco-Roman, if y'all have ever seen that, they're on the mat. They're not jumping and running and stuff. They're on the mat. They're, it's a struggle to pin a grown man onto the ground for a second to win the match. Pro, you take it one step further, you do three, or you try to get a guy to, to submit, <laughs> yep. things of that nature. That's why they did that. So you have to keep it in some realm of reality for you to allow yourself to go to the disbelief or the abstract of your mind. You're creating more impact than that. what's actually happening. Okay? And so when you see guys like the Young Bucks who are half my size, but do a Northern Lights suplex on two people at the same time. And they're doing it to people my size. That's bullshit. Sorry to tell you. That's bullshit. And I don't give a fuck if people say, well, everybody knows it's real and stuff. Yeah, everybody knows magicians are full of shit too. But guess what? There's there's a mystique about a Chris Angel. There's a mystique of of a David Blaine. They don't outright say, okay, guys, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip the card, but I've already got a dummy card right here, so this is why this match is going to work. So we're going to do it. It's going to be fine. No. They do it, and they sell it, and they and they have a blank stare on their face like there's something mystical, and that's why they make money. That's what I have a problem with with guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Okay, I'm not saying they're bad athletes or anything like that. I think their whole gimmick is they love video game wrestling mixed with attitude era Vince Russo wrestling, which is not aging well as the days go on. If y'all, I I say this damn near every episode I'm on. If y'all would go back and really watch the attitude era, there's a lot of dumb shit. Now, the the 14, 15, 16, 17 year old in you will love the attitude era like I did, right? But as I got older, I was like, "Eh, that was kind of stupid. Now, now, was The Rock amazing? Fuck yes, he was amazing. Was Stone Cold amazing? Fuck yes, he was. And a lot of those guys were. Why? Because they did what great, Mike. They shit talk like no other. Just like Dusty and Rick and all of them. They were shit talking. Okay. Yep. And then on the flip side, you had a Kurt Angle who was corny, didn't realize how corny he was, but he was dead fucking serious in what he was saying. Okay. Just like a Bob Root. Just like a Harley race. Okay. Yeah. They might've come on there, but they said it just like, yeah, I'm going to whip your ass. I don't know what the issue is guys. I'm going to whip your ass because I can. Okay. That's, that's, that's those guys. Right. And that's reality. Cause you know why in real life, Mike, why you've met those guys. You met those guys that give you that or like, you know, I can whip your ass. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, it's all I we've said it a million times on this show over the years. Like we like wrestling, but man, what actually makes the wrestling better is the shit talking. Like you Yeah, the shit talking. You start talking some smack, talking, you know, talking crazy, talking out the side of your neck, man. That's when people get into it. And that's when people then all of a sudden want to see a brawl. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like when I've looked at some of the more recent AEW stuff with MJF and Punk, and I see a lot of shit talking, I'm like, All right, well, like 
this is what makes you really want to see two people have a real fight, you know, like go at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not anything else. It's, it's, it's exactly that. So yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta have that. That's the thing that makes us all want to get invested in the story and on, and just to like, that's what makes you want to see another guy rip another guy's head off. Yes. Yes. It really does. It really does. And it's, and and when it comes to like John Cena, and this is the brilliance of The Rock versus John Cena, okay? Because that was such a troll move, in my opinion, by WWE. Because they're they're the exact same wrestler in a lot of ways. Because they're 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 just like Hulk Hogan. They're WWE superstars, okay? Anybody who hated John Cena, that was an adult male, like a lot of us, right? That's exactly how a lot of the Bruno fans felt about Hulk Hogan, okay? Because he was campy. He was corny, just like John Cena. But there is no difference. And actually, I'm going to take that back. The attitude adjustment is a lot more devastating looking than the people's elbow. Did I mark out for the people's elbow every time that nigga did it? Yes, I did. (laughs) Especially when he had them wingtips shoes and he slid, and he did it to the British Bulldog, did I think that was the coolest thing ever? I sure did. (laughs) Okay? But how old was I? Okay? I was a teenager. Yeah. Sure was. Okay? Now, the immortal leg drop. Same thing. The big boot, the leg drop. The, what? The five moves of doom. You got the AA. It's the same thing. So if you like The Rock, that's why a lot of kids and stuff love John Cena, a charismatic dude that talks trash. Cause let's be honest, John Cena used to talk trash damn near like a heel his entire career. Just like Hulk Hogan is pretty much the biggest. I would argue Hulk Hogan may be one of the biggest anti-heroes of all time. Okay. He was just really corny with it. And Stone Cold was really real with it. Because if you look at a lot of those storylines, it's just like, well, of course that dude don't like you, Hogan. Because you're a dick. Yeah, yeah, he was real. <laughs> I mean, like, again, it's it's all about it's all about perspective. If you're a kid and you're eight years old watching Hogan, you you probably like liked him in that era. But as you yeah. got older, if you go back and watch, you're like, God, I can't stand this dude. Now, if you're a kid growing up watching Cena, I mean, my kid was like that. He he was the biggest Cena fan at one point. He loved John Cena. I thought it was corny, but I've come to appreciate Cena a lot more just based on his promos. And I, mm-hmm. I was, you know, that when he did what, let me say this, him and The Rock, when they had their little feud, right? Those couple WrestleManias. Man, you can say what you want about Cena. And I'm not going to say he hung with Rock toe-to-toe on those promos, but it was good enough in it was compelling enough to where you're like, all right, well, you know, he's, he's stepping to the mic. Um, Cause the rock we know can talk smack. And I'm glad you clarified when you were like, you know, when you said the rock and Cedar are just like Hogan, I know you literally didn't mean just like Hogan. When no, you said not that. just like Hogan. But yeah. Yeah. I got you. They're in the same vein. Okay. Cause let's be real. Y'all the rock is a WWE trained wrestler. He is not anything else other than that. I love The Rock. Love him to death. He was one of my favorite wrestlers 
of all time. He's one of the greatest promos of all time. Yeah. But as a Bret Hart fan, I find it offensive every time he does a sharpshooter because that shit is terrible looking. Hogan's punches are just as bad as Rock's sharpshooter. Okay? Because you tell me one time where The Rock did the two things you need to do with a sharpshooter. You need to wrap the legs to make it look like a crosshair. Okay? Yes, I'm a Bret Hart fan. That's supposed to be a crosshair with those legs. And your ass needs to sit down. Because anytime you do a cloverleaf, a sharpshooter, Boston Crab, any of those moves, your ass needs to squat down. That dude would just stand up and just kind of do that. What was it that he, he just kind of jumped stance into like that kind of football squat yeah and then just look up and yell and stuff and just sell it on his face and people would just sell it it's the shittiest sharpshooter it's the shittiest one i've ever seen in my life the people's elbow which mankind used to call out every time he did it he's like it's the dumbest move on the planet but he was winning matches with that shit the rock bottom was his finisher but then all of a sudden it turned into the people's elbow and then remember, it turned into the rock bottom special where there wasn't even a rock bottom. There was a spine buster into a people's elbow. Man, come on, y'all. Get the fuck out of here. Okay? I love the rock, but he ain't the greatest wrestler, but he is one of the greatest shit talkers of all time, hands down. I wouldn't even say rock is one of the greatest world champs of all time. He was one of the best wrestlers of all time as far as shit talkers, promos, personalities. He's the most successful wrestler outside of wrestling ever. And that's it. You know, does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Okay. Is his mythology a little overdone? Yes. Sorry to say that to any rock fans. Yes. You know, but a lot of times, I mean, it, like the the thing is always, we always, it's the nostalgia thing really will always make people look at things differently. That's that's it, it the will. challenge you run into whenever you look at something from the past. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. all we all we all do it with everything. I mean, it's it's not it's not it's not just wrestling. It's football, basketball, baseball. We always look at things like through a different lens it's just the nature of a it truly is the nature of the world and and once you get past a certain era that's what happens yeah it, it, yeah you're right <laughs> you're absolutely right on that yeah, yeah i but, think I, yeah, I might i might have i might have heel turned on on half of the army too you did Ooh. you did criticizing the rock but like yeah i, kinda, I did but i understand I what you're saying you. Yeah, I challenge people. Go look go look at some of the rock stuff at his prime that are not promos. Tell me, tell me how well, how many five-star matches he had. There's a reason why he was never champ for a long time. Okay? There was a reason why he was never a babyface for a long time. Okay? The end. Okay? And there's a reason why it's always... Stone Cold and The Rock. Well, I don't okay. think anybody. I don't think anybody's going to argue with you about the whole about Stone Cold. 
Um, yeah. But 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 it's 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 always the thing, and and I don't agree with everything you're saying about the Rock, but I I, I will say yeah, 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 yeah. we always we always look at we always look at things through rose colored glasses whenever we think about past, and mm-hmm. we're very much more critical of the present because we're actually living in the present at the moment. So you can kind of nitpick it apart. Whereas when you think about the things from the past, you probably saw those things at that time, but you really didn't harp on it and think about it. I hear Cornette, or he used to say, I don't know if he still says it, Cornette would always talk about, he's like, well, you know, Austin's damn kicks in the corner, they look like shit. And he's right. But He's right. He's absolutely right. To most people, like, here's what would kill me. I, I see people talk about things in modern wrestling. They go, oh, my God, that person's punches or kicks look terrible. And, you know, you could never be a star and look like that. I'm going, and I do think, like, have you ever seen Austin stomp a mud hole in someone in a corner? It looked like shit. And the first thing most of those people say is, yeah, but. And don't get me wrong. I understand when they say, yeah, but. Because there's a lot of yeah, but behind it. There's the promos. There's everything else that came with Austin, which I ain't going to list here. But uh, but people will go, yeah, but. And that's exactly what people do to, to, to make the excuse for their favorite or their hero mm-hmm. who wasn't perfect because all of us are imperfect humans and that's just something austin did that wasn't perfect now again austin did a whole lot of other things that were fantastic phenomenal but, but the kicks they were the shits and they were shit. yeah the whole, i mean like to everything you know like it kills me like i'll get off of the rock for a second and, you know we're talking about cena the whole five knuckle shuffle thing it's childish you know it's the dumbest you know, shit on earth it's dumb <laughs> like it's like dumb what man fuck. is going to let you lay there and do the whole stupid thing and then drop it on it's dumb but it's pump part of what pu- shit. yeah it's part <laughs> pumping his shoes the reebok pumps exactly it's part of what like wrestling was back in the not back in the day but even now where the whole thing about wrestling is it's always had the showmanship in it. It's going now more than ever to what, you know, the showmanship, but it's part of it. That was like part of his act, and I hate to say it, but it's true, but it was dumb. So, like, if you really wanted to pick it apart, like, people, I hear people, like, here's the funny part about the Cena thing. I've been, you know, I've been an adult Cena's whole run. So, I've looked at it through adult eyes and not a kid's eyes, right? And I've seen my kid react to Cena and how much he loved him. But mm-hmm. when you've seen Cena through your whole life is through adult eyes, you know, I was in my mid twenties when Cena came on the scene, like you realize, Oh God, look at this dude. And then the, the, the kicker about Cena is I've seen the part of Cena from when he started to when he mm-hmm. became, you know, John Cena that, that everybody wanted to turn heel to now. If you listen to people talk about Cena, they have a new appreciation for him. I hear it all yep. the time from people yep. that are wrestling fans. They have this whole new There's appreciation. It's like a renaissance. And it, it and you've seen the cycle because you've been an adult during seeing, seeing his whole run. You look at it and go, you do realize some of the same stuff that you hated about him. You now just gloss over. And they go, well, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the whole mm-hmm. yeah, but thing kicks out. I'm like, no, it's not yeah, but. Oh, well, it is yeah, but. But understand, you're complaining about something now. Or you're not complaining about something now because... It's past. Now he comes back for special moments and things like that, but it's nostalgic and you cheer him and you love him. Now some people go, no, I still hate that bastard. Good for you. If that's how you feel. I'm not I'm not telling you how to feel. But 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 the point being, people do that and they don't and what kills me is 
when you point it out to them, it's like they don't want to admit it. And I'm like, look, you do it. It's okay to admit it. It's not wrong. It's it. We're human. We do that. We all. You'll see it with Roman Reigns twenty years from now. Yes, after I was about to say the same thing. You're Roman gonna see. Roman is it. gonna be that same thing. Yep, you're gonna see it with Roman twenty. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I haven't watched SmackDown a lot, and 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 I I don't want to you know speak on things I don't know of. But I know his heel run is much better than he was one quote unquote babyface, and he's got Paul with him and all those good things. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing now. But my point being. You saw all these people for all these years turn Roman here. Oh my God. You know, they, they were just hating Roman because Vince was pushing him. And it's just one of those things where I'm telling you 20 years from now, if we live long enough, we're going to get to 2040 and people are going to go, Oh, it wasn't that bad with Roman in 2015. Bullshit. Like the Twitter was a blaze every Monday night because they're like, Oh, we hate this. This is dumb. Yeah. I'm never tuning in again because Dude. of how Roman was booked. Like it's Dude, just I was on the floor. I was on the floor of the WrestleMania in Dallas when they booed the fuck out of him the entire oh, yes. main event. Yep. I was at New Orleans during the Brock Roman uh, main event where everybody, including me, was booing the fuck out of that main event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, you're so right on that. And, yeah. and it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening, too, because that's the WWE, because they're just going to shove people down but our throats. But it's the it's it's natural course as we start to wind down, because I was looking, I'm like, man, we're, we've gone almost two hours. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the natural course. Like, we're always nostalgic about things from the past, mm-hmm. and we always have this feeling that it was always great, when in actuality... It really wasn't always great. It was good. Don't get me wrong. There were great moments, but at the end of the day, it wasn't always great. And there were times when there were things that were dumb. I mean, you you pointed out I didn't get I didn't you I was letting you speak on the things you were mentioning, but everybody points to the Attitude Era as this great fucking time in wrestling. And outside of Austin and the actual like stars, there was things on Raw Ooh. on those weeks that Rough. were horrendous. Rough. Fast forward type material. If DVRs were a thing back then, people mm-hmm. would have been fast forwarding through that stuff like it was nothing. And I realized people had VCRs, but v- DVRs are a lot better from a digital perspective because you truly can watch only the things you want to watch. Yeah, yeah, and 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 dude, I, and we're talking about like our era and to now. Even if we go back, even if we go back, you could say the same thing about. J- JYD, God will rest his soul. Dusty Rhodes, God rest his soul. I'm a bionic elbow lover, but, but. That shit's dumb. <laughs> it looks so fake. That shit's dumb. Yeah, it was, right? This shit's dumb, right? And I don't, you know, and I challenge some of y'all go back, watch Dusty Rhodes versus Billy Graham, watch a Bruno San Martino match, right? Those people are into those things, but man, those three guys I just mentioned, they didn't do much in the ring at all. And they are <laughs> Hall of Famers. They're some of the greatest of all time. I don't give a fuck what anybody says about Billy Graham. Some of the greatest of all time. Okay. But they didn't do much. Okay. But they did the right stuff. You're doing the stuff you got to do at that right moment, and that's all that fucking matters. Because I, I talk shit about The Rock. 
Okay. I'll talk shit about just because I, I think the John Cena rock uh, feud, if you really go back and look at a lot of those matches and then the lead up to it kind of exposed the rock a little bit. That's why I said that. Right. But if you don't think one good goddamn man, I won't sit here and watch rock versus Hogan all rock versus stone cold. Oh, you a fucking lie. Cause I will sit there and watch that right after we get off this. Okay, when Rock put on Hogan's fucking bandana and shit, drinking water, talking shit in the middle of the match. Yo, Rock was that shit. Rock just wasn't the most technical motherfucker. Okay, and I don't need him to be. Right? I don't need Hulk Hogan to look like Ric Flair. I need Hulk Hogan to come out there and make me hype. And that's all you need. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, notice, now, we ain't going to talk about the Warrior. We ain't going to talk about the Ultimate War. Now, oh, notice, God, I ain't talked about, like, an Edge. I ain't talking about Macho Man. I ain't talking about all them dudes. I ain't talking about, like, a Tully Blanchard and all them motherfuckers. Okay? Because them motherfuckers are good. <laughs> and damn near every facet of what they did. Oh yeah, okay. like I like Arn you know Anderson. I, I I couldn't I couldn't pick a weakness from Arn Anderson if you if you no. asked me to look for something, you know. Yeah, if you talk about you know five so five people who uh, uh, should have been world champ at some Arn Anderson is number one. I don't give a fuck what anybody said, especially after getting into BTT and really analyzing and seeing how fucking good. Like I wish Arn was young and spry but eternally looking 40 in like 2003 you know because he would have been the champ Randy Orton would have been number three <laughs> you know Dude, it'd have been John Arn. Cena, Arn Anderson and Randy Orton just like the 80s was like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior He, Arn Anderson should have been a world champion yeah fuck yeah <laughs> He looked so, good with that big so old belt too. He was so he was so damn good. Oh, the man did not have weaknesses. I mean, there was there was no weakness, man. Like yeah. there was, he, he everything <laughs> he did. Was... And dude, that dude on AEW, he Cody coach. I ain't gonna lie, Arn Anderson is way more over than Cody is. <laughs> like, yeah, you were talking about the Cody thing. Uh, for anybody who wondering why uh, it sounds weird, uh, Blassie dropped and we don't know what happened, but. The Cody thing, man, I used to, at first I was like, man, he's just naive. He's got to know. I actually think this has got to be planned. It's got to be planned what he's doing. It's 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 got to be part of what, what he's thinking. Yeah, I'm just going to be this schmuck and uh, this is how I'll be a heel, but I'll act like I have no clue and I'm clueless. It's got to be planned. I agree. I agree. It's yeah. got to be. Nobody's this dumb. Nobody's yeah. this dumb. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, him talking about he's like John Cena and shit. It, it, this has Kurt Angle 1999 written all over it. it you know, it, just it, oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it's too, he's, it's like his head's, his head is so far up his ass, it's not realistic, and he's doing this on purpose. He has to. He has to. He's got to be doing it on purpose. And if he is, I applaud him because most people are fooled. <laughs> yes. Yeah, including me. He, including me. Like, I can't. Yeah. And you know what the crazy thing is? You know, the, the Mrs., right? Like, we actually watched, we were trying to watch Rose to the Top, right? And <laughs> the whole time, she was just in, in shock of it, too. She was just like, ah. Oh. 
why does he have blonde hair? Like, that's what she says every time. She's like, why does he have blonde fucking hair? Because he looks like Lex Luthor. That's the first thing she ever said about Cody Rhodes the minute she saw him. was like, is that Lex Luthor or something? Like, is that what he's trying to be? It's like, no, he's a good guy. Really? (laughs) It's, it's, I'm telling you, man, he's, he's doing this. He's, he's, I think he, I really think he's trolling. And he's got people thinking that he's just has no self-awareness. But mm-hmm. but I really believe it's all on purpose to to make him a heel. It's gotta be. There's no way he's doing this. <laughs> and and uh long term booking on this show, right? Anybody who remembers the first show I ever did, okay, still fuck AEW because the whole heel Cody thing could have been so done through Dustin. So done. Okay. And that should have been his whole little arc for the first year of that program. But no, they went all over the place and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah. Cody, yeah, you, you got to be a heel, bro. And, and, and the problem is, I don't think <laughs> I don't think they'll go full Monty with it. Because when I say Ho- Cody should be a heel, I mean, that nigga needs to be champ for like two years. <laughs> you know what would be funny? If they did make him champ with with what's going on, like him just being naive to the fact that he's he's cutting these babyface promos, he's acting like everybody <laughs> loves him, and he's and he's just out there like he's the most beloved human being and philanthropist and wrestler of all time, and people are like, <laughs> and he's getting booze and he's just he's just not even it just he's soaking it up like it's cheers. I'm telling like. I just, I, there's no way he's truly got to be doing this all on purpose. There's no way, there's no way a human, a professional wrestler could be this dumb. I'm just, I'm just not, he's he's, he's from a wrestling family. That's why I'm like, this is all on purpose. There's no way this is fake. Like he knows this is choreographed and he knows it, but, but you know, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see over time, but it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's (laughs) phenomenal. Just like watching it, because it, again, at first I was like, he, at first I was the one going, "This guy's dumb. This is he's just dumb. What is he doing? This is how does he not see what he's doing is dumb?" And, and then is. I've come around now to just thinking, "There's no way he's he he knows the, the lay of the landscape. He knows what's happening, and he's doing all of it on purpose." He has to. He has to. That's that's the only way my mind can rationalize it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. For sure. <laughs> Well, um, uh, Dr. Blassie, do you have anything else before we wrap up tonight and uh, ride off into the sunset and get out of here and hit the book at bitch line? No, no, that that is that is it. I, I have nothing else. It is another fun episode watching. Um, seriously, my favorite uh, wrestling promotion right now, NWA, as it should be. If you're a BTT fan, you know, NWA should be on your top uh, to watch list if you like this show. So let's get it going. Yeah, man. Well, again, I want to thank you for coming on again. Um, you know, the topic was very serious last time and we wanted to help out the members of the BTT army. And I, as I always say, I definitely I can't say it enough, man. You know, our show is ad free and you contribute very generously to the show each and every month. And I'm greatly appreciated, appreciative of that. It really does help. I consistently say it. You know, I put a, I put personally a lot of time. This is a part-time job for me. I mean, I work full-time, but 
man, I'm 20 plus hours a week easily on this show every week. Uh, between this show, between the NWA show, between the you know the show with Lance, uh, uploading all the shows, editing all the shows, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work, a lot of time, and and um, I'm grateful and I, I appreciate all of your contributions to the show. And I want to shout out Mike Children and Joe Ice as well for their contributions. Absolutely, they're big ones as well. Uh, but the, you are we're la- the three pillars. The pillars, man. But you are, as you said, la patrion. La patrion. Uh, a few, a year, a year or two ago. And I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's very helpful and it helps the show. And this was a lot of fun talking NWA Power, talking some NWA from 1990. And then, um, boy, we got into some, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, even 2015 stuff from WWE. Uh, so I'll let you um, hit the tagline and get us out of here. All right, everybody. Yet again, stay safe, stay well, wear your mask, get vaccinated, and book it, bitch. <laughs>